Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 82 of The Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. And I've lost count just how many's past Shakes the frame on this bed And lately it's so All right, hard Moss, That's our boy Rob Bellamy playing another hit for us Obviously he's uh, that was Long Freight Train He's going to be playing that on September 3rd At the uh, MGM Music Hall at Fenway Park So we're really looking forward to that show He's been uh, giving us some beats to drop, huh? Yeah, he's the best, and uh, congrats to him and Ayla for having baby uh, number one, Bear Bellamy. He's going to be a bear. He is going to be a bear. That kid's going to be playing the guitar, just burying bodies when he's playing hockey. He's going to be a stallion. Or Actually, his mom was a hoop player, so you never know. He could be multi-talented. Yeah, Bells was saying he was like eight pounds, nine ounces, just huge feet, huge paws. Yeah, he'll be a bear. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he'll be a hooper. But um yeah. yeah. Congrats to those guys. And uh that show September third at MGM uh Fenway is gonna be a time. So um definitely DM him if you would like to uh check out uh that show. He can send you a link and get those tickets uh all, all done up for the third. Yeah, Rob Bellamy Music, hit him up on Instagram with that. Uh, what else has been going on, Mott? So obviously, we uh, we had a great day on Saturday, uh, Street Hockey Festival. But before we get into that, anything uh, anything new we need to know about? Well, I played um, a couple softball games with the PG Painters. Uh, PG we, Painters. Yeah, you know, Pat Garrity, uh, good man. He... Uh, yeah, you know, anyone in the South Shore looking for a painter, Pat's your guy. You know, you can uh, you can email us uh, at the Ranks Ranks, and I'll forward it on to him. He's a solid. But I, um, yeah. So last Thursday, so after we recorded, I mean, I'm going to be pretty honest here. I mean, you don't go to an over forty um, men's league softball um, to take a walk, do you? No, absolutely not. All right, so these guys, you know, they were kind of like the cream of the crop in the league for, you know, a few years. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, come on, man. Like, what are they going to go home and tell their wives and kids about their OBS? And, like, hey, I walked three times, you know. They're taking pictures. That was, like, their approach, and they got smoked. So, um, you know, we got a great squad. We got a guy, Higgy, and Chris McGurk spinning on the uh, on the mound, alternating uh, innings just so that you don't get you know, dead arm yeah. for the playoffs. and. You know, mute and the boys uh, raking. So, and then we had another game uh, this week, and you know, it just I asked the guys, I'm like, hey, listen, do you think teams really dislike losing to us? Because you know, we got tunes playing, you know, but if you can pitch, field, and rake, line drives, baby. So there's one thing that I will say, um, 
you know, the disrespect that I got, I received was, you know, they walked the guy to load the bases, and the boys are just like, oh, no respect, Hobie. They don't care. Doesn't transfer to other sports. So, you know, a little line drive up the middle and uh, drove in a couple runs, kind of secured a little padding. Oh, so your own team was was chirping you. Well, they're just no. They were saying they had no respect for me because they walked. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to Hobie too. That's great. Yeah. No, so we're undefeated right now. We're looking good. We can't get um, you know over our skis too much, but yeah, yeah, like our approach. One game at a time. That's your approach. Yeah, Maddie McGurk was uh, on fire. Dave Leahy, I think he's batting like nine hundred in the uh, on the season. So setting the table. You guys got coolers going the whole game, or what? Are you wait till after? You guys keep it classy. Uh, no, it's not classy. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, about you? What were you up to? Um, yeah, same old, same old since we last chatted. Uh, what did we do? Yeah, just prepping. We got a nice – I'm actually sneaking away, um, you know, just to get away with um, with my wife, Joanna, and a few other couples. Uh, we're heading down to Charleston, South Carolina for a few days, so I've been – packing and and doing laundry and all that type of stuff so getting ready i was on the ice um on the ice for a couple of a couple of hours today had some uh some summer ice with my team so it was fun to you know get back out there start snapping it around more kids were there you know this week than last week you know family vacations and things like that obviously become a factor and we understand when people aren't there but uh yeah it's kind of just getting fired up for hockey season so this is like a little getaway and then um yeah, other than that, that that that's really it. I did, you know, so you you're going for the, you know, the men's league kind of softball, you know, the transitional game to to as we get older, I would say, right? Mm-hmm. So right. I decided on Monday night to go play in the uh the three on three league at their academy. And oh, but that's the pro side, right? Yeah, that's so the you're pro rewinding the clock. So, so, uh, so I'm going backwards trying to make a comeback, and you have just like accepted the fact that you're, you know, an old man and playing old man sports. So, yeah, I decided to test my will against, you know, I, I start the game. My line mates are Jack Eichel and Noah Hannafin. And, you know, it was kind of like a make a wish foundation type of, uh, you know, like, like a charity a camper for the day. Yeah, I was like, exactly. I was a camper for the day. I was the kid that, that whatever, just, uh, they pulled, you know, from the inner city to, to come help out and hang out with them for a game. But it was a, it was a lot of fun, obviously snapping around with, with those guys. Uh, I'm going to blame the ice for my, my speed and hilarious. I, I brought my kids and, uh, you know, cause they wanted to come down and see the professionals and uh and keith's daughter came down with us and they uh you know they they're they're laughing they're obviously making fun of me dad you're you're getting old what are you thinking what you know what do you even like you you don't even belong out there they're they're chirping me which is all well and good and they were sitting there and um in the stands and i guess some an older lady or you know a mother basically was watching and uh they have she has no idea who my kids are and she looks at uh her husband or whoever and she's like but that guy, you know, number 27 there, he's actually not that bad for an old guy. So my kids said they were <laughs> dying laughing under their breath, you know what I mean? Like, and uh, but it was it was really cool. There's a ton of uh they do a really good job. The pro guys are super good to uh to the kids and signing autographs, and you're right on top, you know, in that small sheet there. Uh, they can really see up close and personal how you know fast those guys are. We played against um 
you know, Mikey Hottaman and um, Mark McLaughlin, you know, a couple guys, Chicago, Boston guys. There was a bunch of other young guys playing in the game, guys that can then still move, obviously. And uh, we ended up losing. I did. I know you're going to ask me about my stat line. I collected, yeah, probably a couple secondary assists. But then Ike's, um, I call him Ike's now because we're teammates, but he he's like, dude, so we went down by a couple goals. And I go, he's like getting lit up, like, you know, because it's everything's like two on ones, turnovers, and things like that. He's like apologizing to me. I'm like, dude, you've made like 60 saves today. You know what I mean? Because everything's a shot. And, uh, but we go down by a couple goals, and Ike's is like, dude, we got to turn it up. So I'm like, all right, well, like, I don't really have much more to give. Like, uh, you know, my only workouts are like 20 minute Peloton rides with friggin' Emma Lovewell. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so, I'm like, I got to like find something. So I ended up going out in like the last couple of shifts. I did have two goals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were they back there with tappings? No. One of them, I actually kind of dangled the guy like through the triangle. And, you know, he wasn't playing much defense. But in the other one, I shot it, um, followed my shot. The rebound like hit my chest, came out, and I tucked it home. So, and then the best part is the kids all over me, my kids on the way home, like, dude, I had two goals. And they're like, no, you didn't. I'm like, where were you? They were at the snack bar. Oh, they didn't even see it. Yeah, they didn't even see it. So it's like, you know, somebody's going to have to check the live bound footage. Yeah, so they're flipping the script on you and, like, giving you the hot car ride home. Absolutely. Yeah, what'd you do? You know, how'd you feel? How do you think you played tonight, Dad? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Dad, tell us how you played tonight because this is what we saw. It was was a lot of fun, and I don't think they – you know, I'm the veteran leader on the team when making a playoff push similar to, to um, you know, your softball league. Uh, I probably should look towards the softball schedule versus playing with NHL guys, but it was a lot of fun. I, you know me. It, it, it's anything to kind of get the competitive juices going, right? Like we talked about with our um, guest coming up, Robbie Concanon, like it, it, you still hate to lose. Like in those guys, even, you know, that's the the f- – you know, the separation, I think, in these, you know, NHL plays. Like, Jack Eichel was, like, he was pissed off that we lost the game. You know what I mean? And and it's fun to see that competitive nature, and even it's, you know, in a summer league, right? Yeah, they, I mean, you can't turn it off, you know? So as far as that, that burning desire to be the best you can be, you know, you can do it respectfully in spaces. And, you know, it's not like you're going all out, but when you compete for a puck, you're competing for a puck puck to win it even if it is just the summertime you want to win that puck and you know the competitive juices come out uh in anything if you want to be a winner right absolutely so. yeah and uh i gotta give a, a shout out to uh one of our sponsors Spox hockey um check them out at uh, spoxhockey.com and you know pick up any a new skate shopner if you need it obviously they were down at the street hockey festival um, demoing some skates and things like that. But because I knew I had a big tilt on Monday night, I, uh, you know, I buzzed my own skates. I was able, I put a nice edge on them. The ed, the ice wasn't great. Um, but you know, like I said, it was, it having that convenient skate shopner in the house, having, you know, said that I hadn't played in a competitive hockey game in quite some time. So, uh, I needed some fresh edges and Spox hockey was able to take care of that for me. That's great stuff. Yeah, they really appreciate them coming down. Nice hype video. But for our listeners, we're going to have a full breakdown and a recap next week uh, with a panel of you know, refs, coaches, uh, staff, and uh, maybe a couple other guest appearances. But 
just to break down the whole event, we have really appreciate the support from our sponsors and all the participants and parents uh, who showed up on that hot day. So, but stay tuned uh, and tune in next week for a full recap. It's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty great because it was an awesome day. Yeah, it was a really good day. Uh, like you said, we don't want to tease anything. We got to uh, next week. We're going to talk a lot more about it in the mailbag episode. But everybody that came down really had a blast. Uh, all the kids that were there were super into it, despite it being you know 150 degrees outside. Uh, it was it was a great day. You know what I mean? I, I definitely got a you know third degree sunburn on my neck. I probably should have opted for throwing a little you know spray sunblock on there, but. It was uh, it was a really, really fun day. I think all the kids that were down there had a blast. And, you know, again, there's that competitive nature. We saw a lot of it, and uh, it'll be fun to talk to some of our referees next week, uh, some of the people at Hockey Fest who were kind enough to come down and help us out. And, and I think everybody that was there saw the professionalism with those guys and the boards and the setup. And it was it was it was really, really uh, it was a really cool day. Yeah, I thought you were going to go tops off uh, for a while there. Like you were sweating pretty good. And if you want to I know. Talk- Shout out to White Molly. I mean, they captured me uh, like dousing myself in water. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I looked, I had a little Zoolander action going, but I was just so <laughs> goddamn hot, you know? Like slow motion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, you can't turn left either. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Well, the Sparks has helped me with that. Uh, speaking of which, obviously, TSR Hockey, they uh, hooked us up with all the shirts down at the Street Hockey Tournament. They've been a great sponsor for us. Uh, check them out at tsrhockey.com. Obviously, hockey season's right around the corner. If you uh, you need to get hooked up with new gear and things like that, they're located up in Salem, New Hampshire, along with the, uh, they have a, you know, a few other different locations at uh, Merrimack and some of the other rinks on the North Shore. But hit them up at uh, tsrhockey.com and tell them that the rink shrinks sent you. And what do you think about this uh, Sean Scahan thought? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the quote, and it was funny because I just had this conversation. Uh, I'll read the quote quickly. So uh, Sean Scahan's done a lot. You know, obviously he was a previous guest of ours. Uh, he was on many episodes ago. But, um, you know, he's, you know, won a Stanley Cup with the Anaheim Ducks. Most recently was with the Minnesota Wild. And, you know, his son just committed. He's an 06, just committed to the University of Wisconsin. He's going to be playing at the US NTDP uh, team next year. So, but Sean, uh, I like this quote and it says, believe me, I'm not a fan of when athletes that I work with miss training sessions. However, family trips and vacations are a different story. As a parent, these are the memories and one week of missing workouts is really not that big of a deal. Um, yeah, so, you know, for me personally, it's funny because, and I like this because my my son, um, my oldest, Brian, has really, you know, been training hard this summer. He's skating over at the Wellesley Rink with Ian Moran uh, and working out over there, and he's really, really enjoyed it. And, and you know, the, the gym, the staff, everything, they're really working those guys hard. And he was invited to go to the Outer Banks on a, you know, family vacation with – some family friends of ours. There's a bunch of people from where we live that are heading down and Kenny McDonough and his crew and uh, Brian Linehan. So all, you know, they, they invited um, Brian to go down and he, you know, he, he was kind of going back and forth because he's like, you know, dad, like I, I really don't want to miss a week of skating and a week of working out. And I said, Brian, um, you know, listen, like you're going to go to the other banks, have fun. These people were kind enough to invite you basically on their family vacation. And, you know, you can do some stuff away from the rank, but sometimes getting away and you've been training hard all summer, like, you know, 
go down there and, and get away from it a little bit. And I, I appreciated the fact that he didn't want to go, you know, not that he didn't want to go, but he didn't want to miss. And, um, you know, when, when I saw that quote from Sean, I just, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm glad that, you know, I was thinking along the same lines, right? He's dedicated, he's dedicated himself really good this summer. He's worked hard, but, you know, sneaking away for a week isn't going to be the, you know, make or break it. Right. Yeah, no, I think it's just, again, putting things in perspective, you know, you put your time in and, you know, you do, your body does still need a break. And, you know, I like that he put in like the family time and those trips because those are memories that you make. Um, we're actually trying to plan a little getaway with the family right now. And it's, you know, just trying to coordinate these kids, uh, you know, busy social schedules more than yeah. anything. Yeah. When you got an army too. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I think that was really, really um, well said because, Sometimes, you know, you can get lost and caught up going so far the other way that, you know, that you still need to make sure you find some family time and, and you know, some relaxation and come back rejuvenated. So, so good job by Sean. And he's always had some, some good things, you know, like no, the one that I always go back to is him saying you don't need to play organized sports to be an athlete. So you go out and like juggle a soccer ball, throw a ball. You can do it in the backyard, you know, and just try every other sport. You don't have to be actually on a team to do it. So that's uh, that's one of the things that I always uh, take from that interview that we had with him. And he's a great guy. Had yeah. him at BC when uh, when we were working out in the summers. Yeah, exactly. He was at BC, BU, and he's been around the, the block quite a bit. And he's putting out a lot of good stuff on social media. So make sure you give him a follow on Instagram and things like that. Um, moving on here, Mots. I, I, I did. I saw another quote from uh, Pete DeBoer, who's now is is. Did he go to Dallas this year? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's in Dallas. But this is from the coaches' site, which is also another good follow. Um, a lot of times, it's not about giving a speech. They're watching your actions and picking up on what you're doing. You're much. Um, you're as much of a role model for them as their parents so you know i i think that just relates well as we're getting into hockey season and for you coaches out there like it doesn't have to be the big rah-rah you know pump up speech and stuff like that but i think the you know my take on that was like you know you're the you're, you're these kids that you're coaching you're you know one of the biggest influencers in their life and make sure you know you're, you're acting kind of in that man manner you're that role model you're not the guy slamming the coaching board or slamming doors or you know yelling and screaming and you know at referees and things like that like you you know be that kind of guy that is an example and somebody that they can look up to yeah i think they're the temperature of the team you know like as a coach and you you know we talk about like not getting too high or too low as a coach sometimes it does get difficult because you you see things happening maybe before they happen and you can, you know, you have to be able to react accordingly if you want your team to react how you want them to. So you're the leader, and that's a good quote by um, Coach DeBoer, and um, you know, a role model just like just as much as their parents because you do have a lot of influence over their actions and their um, reactions, and that's very important for to be aware of that. So as coaches, it's uh, always important to remind yourself that you got a lot of eyeballs on you. No, not just what you say is in, but it's how you react as well. So, good job, I Pete, kind of like putting it out there. Yeah, putting it out there in that perspective, and also being, you know, if you're the guy that gets rattled in kind of tense situations as a coach, like your team's probably going to get rattled, right? If you get really nervous or, you know, 
start, you know, flipping out at referees and, and things like that. Like your team's going to, the, the team's going to be, um, you know, take on the, the, the attitude and the reflection of the coach. Right. So just, you know, keep that stuff in mind as we, we get into hockey season here and we'll keep kind of reminding you of that stuff. And this is what the best of the best to do. And Pete DeBoer has been a lot around a long time coaching the national hockey league. And, you know, I think it's, it's just a good, uh, good message. Uh, speaking of messages, March, did you see this, uh, you know, this, kind of viral baseball video that that you know took took place in the uh, little league world series games going on right now i've been watching a few games but i haven't seen the viral oh, i don't see what happened did you see the video of the guy get the the pitcher being the kid in the head oh yes yeah that was yeah yeah and did you that see what happened like afterwards great sportsmanship you know and you know goes over and gives the uh, the pitcher a hug you know because he's like he's shaking up you know it's yeah, not I mean, but that was really cool. That kind of it gave me like goosebumps, actually. I, you know, as far as you know, just being aware enough. You know, he's fine. I hit him in the helmet. You could hear the coach saying that. And, you know, shake it off. He's okay. And then for him, and that's a that's a good high character, you know, decision by a young person to go over and do that. And that's uh, it was really cool to see. Now, that, I love the Little League World Series. Yeah, no, it's great stuff, and I think it, uh, you know, like you said, it's a, it was a great message to send. Um, obviously, you know, thankfully the kid, you know, he got hit in the helmet. He wasn't hurt, um, and, you know, clearly as a pitcher, like the kid was upset over it. He didn't, you know, he didn't mean to hit him. It's not like he was, you know, trying to, you know, Pedro, Pedro Martinez trying to put it in the guy's ear, you know what I mean? He, uh, you know, he, he, it was an accident that 12 years old, he doesn't have, you know, he obviously is a, is a great baseball player, but doesn't have the control on every pitch. Like he, like a major league would. And, you know, it was really cool just to see that, um, you know, the way that the player responded, uh, you know, walking off of first base, going over and, you know, giving the kid a hug and, and basically tell him, Hey, I'm going to be all right. So it was, um, definitely, definitely good stuff. Yeah. Really, really uh, class. Like I said, it's just one of those things that you can kind of show your kids and, you know, hopefully they can, um, you know, apply that to a situation if it arises for in, in their situations. Yeah. Well, uh, now I think it's time to, um, to get to our interview with uh, South Carolina Stingrays president, Robbie Concanon. Uh, but before we do so, this interview was brought to you by cross country mortgage. If you own a home and you haven't looked into refinancing in a while, have a quick chat with our friend, Chris Devon and see if it makes sense for you. Devo may be able to help you save on a monthly basis so that you can put more money into savings or other projects. Check him out at chrisdevin.com. Now on to the uh, interview. Let's check it over to the interview with Robbie Kincannon. Cuckoo. And our next guest on the Rink Shrinks podcast, uh, we are pleased to be joined by Robbie Kincannon. Robbie's the president of hockey operation for the South South Carolina Stingrays. Grew up as a, uh, a Boston Dorchester legend. Uh, welcome to the show, Robbie Concannon. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. And, um, you know, we, we like to uh, always have uh, good people here on the uh, show and would love to hear about your story and, um, you know, your path and where you are today. Well, I appreciate it. I'm really excited to be on. And I was trying to go through my head what we can talk about, what we can't talk about. But I, I think we got some good stuff. Absolutely. Well, Robbie, just start us out at the beginning. Obviously, growing up in Dorchester, uh, obviously, you know, 
great hockey, you know, background and, you know, city kids growing up on the corner playing street hockey. But, you know, how did you get your start into, you know, the game of hockey? And and, and when did you develop that passion and that love of the game that you've, you know, shown throughout your 51 year life? Well, I mean, I think you guys know growing up in Boston, it's every kid's dream to play hockey in the NHL, play for the Bruins and, you know, living in Dorchester, there was a there was a lot of opportunity to be playing uh, street hockey, pond hockey down at the uh, President's Golf Course um, and with the neighborhood kids. Started off playing Dorchester Youth Hockey um, down at the Neponset Rink. Then I played with the South Shore Kings, I think. Um, high school, went to Don Bosco. Um, went to prep school for a year at Northfield, Mount Hermon. Uh, wasn't, wasn't quite ready for the, for the college route yet, but... Um, yeah, I think um, you know, growing up in Boston and playing around everybody, it was it was something that you know was huge and something that I, I wanted to be a part of and I love being a part of. You know, is, is youth hockey. It's a big part of my life here today still, and um, you know, I think my um, my years in Boston and, and, and playing youth hockey and, and being around the people that being around the people that um, I grew up with, I think has helped uh, helped helped me grow as a person and in, in, into who I am today. Now, was there one in particular person um, in Dorchester when you first started, you know, playing hockey or learned to skate or, you know, even a little bit after that was a really big influence in your development around that time? I don't think there was one specific person, Mots. Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, growing up in Boston, I think, you know, we all love the Bruins, you know, and I think during that era there was, you know, Kerry O'Reilly, John Wensink, it was, you know, those were the guys that you, you went to to the garden to watch or you went to the North End Rink to um, to watch as well. But, um, you know, I think Dorchester Youth Hockey in general um, has produced a lot of a lot of great people and a lot of great hockey players over the years. And um, I think it's one of those uh, programs in and around the Boston area that continues to continues to grow and, and has good people you know, on and off the ice that are helping these these kids uh, through the years. You know, the Hayes brothers, you know, Chris O'Sullivan, a lot of a lot of different people from Dorchester. So, um, no one person in particular, but definitely the, I think being being around the you know the game and the Bruins is something that obviously I I, uh, I gravitated towards. Now, Robbie, you talked about some of those you know specific families that obviously you know had an impact on your life but growing up as that city kid and and you know i think the one thing that you know talking to your friends they described you as a just an ultra competitive guy right so whether you were playing street hockey or ice hockey or tennis or you know whatever it may be ball busting you you wanted to be the best at it right so um yeah. you know can you just talk about that mentality that you had and i think that's something that you know judging from afar here it's something that's carried you you know now you've 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 built you know arguably the 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 best you know east coast league operation that there is well no i appreciate that i think uh, you know growing up in dorchester you you were challenged you know and whether that was at school or playing street hockey or playing baseball or whatever else it may be and uh, i i think at the time it it um it caused some issues at home and, and, and probably some uh, issues in the street and, you know, playing in sports. But um, obviously I think everyone loves to win. And, um, you know, growing up when I was little, I didn't really enjoy losing or whether it was wiffle ball or, 
or street hockey or whatever else it may be. I don't know if I handled it in the best situation at, 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 at times. I think maybe that's where people were being uh, politically correct, saying that I was uh, ultra, ultra competitive, even though I am. But um, I, I think where I'm at now in my life, it's, um, you know, I reflect, I reflect back to my days in Dorchester. I'm 50, 51 years old. Um, lots of great memories, lots of great experiences, a lot of different things that, you know, I, I, I've been trying to instill in my son. Now I know why my dad was giving me a hard time at certain, in certain situations and why he was trying to get me to do certain things. But um, it's a unique city. It's a new, it's a unique place. You know, my mom still lives there. Um, I've seen Lorraine get pretty fired up at the baseball field. I'm not going to lie to you. She's still, she's still got that fire in her. She's, she's coming down next week, and she, she asked if she could stay at the house from Tuesday to Sunday. And I said, how about Thursday to Sunday? <laughs> uh, but, you know, guys, she – I think we all have our biggest fans, and um, she's probably my biggest fan still 51 years later. I think she's um, – she made a lot of sacrifices over the years for me. She's, she's, she's done a lot of battling for me over the years. She's, um, she's a remarkable woman, and um, – you know, into this day, still do, is doing great stuff. But um, she's a trip. She she oh, really she, really is. It, whether it's street hockey or baseball with my nephews, she's you know she called me a couple of weeks ago about um, the selection to the the hockey, youth hockey teams, and I tell her, relax. You know what I mean? <laughs> bothering you more than it's bothering my nephew. I say, well, yeah. I'm like, mom, it's it's okay. Don't don't worry about it. A team, B team, C team. As long as he's He's having fun, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like winning and, um, you know, I like surrounding myself with people who are winners and I, and I feel like it, it's, it's definitely helped over the years. I think uh, looking back, I, I'm not sure if you're on this team or not, but there was a Southie team, there was a Dorchester team, and there was a younger team that we, uh, we put in at, at the Gavi cup. And, um, and I, I'm almost a hundred percent sure that you're on this team, but you know, talk about not wanting to lose, especially to some young folks. and uh, some slashing across the shins and making sure that it, you know, if you're going to score a goal, you, you're going to earn it. So I remember some, uh, some memories from that, um, that Gavi cup and, you know, like Robbie Donovan was on the Southie team and, yeah. and then uh, you and a bunch of guys are on the, uh, on the yeah. Dorchester team and Scotty Perry, you know, we put together Scotty a pretty tried decent bringing in some young ringers, huh, Mots? <laughs> yeah, but we we had, we were no match to the uh, the the wily veteran slash uh, you know hackers, in my opinion. But, uh. <laughs> but it's funny because uh, you know my dad was my dad my dad was from Southie. My mom was from the North End, and we lived in Dorchester. So it was kind of it was kind of weird because I had friends from Dorchester and I had friends from Southie. So I spent a lot of time in both places, and um, I was on Robbie's team. It was me. Oh, that's that was the team, man. Yeah. Chris Mullen. Yeah. And believe it or not, he'd come home at the end of the, of the season and still play in the tournaments. Brian Noonan. Brian Noonan's out there with a brand new Sherwood, red Sherwood, just dangling through people going back and forth. And we're playing down the Garvey Park. So I'm a Dorchester kid playing on the Southie team. <laughs> and it, like to your point, it, all, it got ultra competitive. And, you know, you're at the fence and people are screaming and yelling. And, uh, <laughs> I remember there was a time where I actually, a kid wanted to, you know, get into it with me. And I, I had just played. It's usually 100 degrees. You know, you're just, everyone's drinking beers, having a good time. And the guy just, he wouldn't stop. And all of a sudden, my mother came out of nowhere. 
my mother, my mother came out of nowhere and hit, and, and hit the kid. But, um, you know, and everyone else was just like, oh, my God, Mrs. King Cannon. But, um, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, I always enjoyed those tournaments like you guys did. You know what I mean? It, I, I kind of, you know, helped with your hockey game. It helped with your learning how to compete, handling, winning, losing, and all the other other things that go with it. And I, uh, I know you guys continue to do it. Uh, to this day and I think it's great for the kids we being down here in the south and only having two rinks and the youth hockey program being so small it's challenging you know because I try to bring my son outside hey let's go shoot a bucket of pucks let's use the slide board let's do certain things but there's no one in the neighborhood where you can just throw them outside with two nets and just let them stay out there and play all day and um, I think we all can agree that you know playing street hockey uh, helps you in more ways than one. And um, those were fun times down at the Garvey Park. I think we they transitioned over to Farragut Park as well. And it, and it became a it became a it became a big part of um, you know, growing up playing hockey in, in, in and around the Boston area. I remember coming back and and you know playing in the East Coast League and even in college and and playing and you would see, you know, guys that weren't necessarily great hockey players, but they knew yeah. how to play street hockey. They knew how to, you know, move the puck and give and go and they weren't like toe drag and, and, and oh. things like that. You know what I mean? Like they knew how to play and they would, you know, on, on asphalt and rollerblades, sacrificing their body with no equipment on diving all over the place. It's, it's one of the most amazing thing. And I remember talking to, you know, Ryan Whitney when they were starting this chicklets cup, which is, you know, adults who have been focused on the youth. But I, I said, these guys that play, you know, that ball hockey, roller hockey at that high levels, so I'm like, it's a different animal. Like, I don't care how good you are. And, you know, you could be an NHL player. It's a different game. Paul Noonan used to block oh. shots. He used to sit there like this, and they would just hit him. That orange hockey ball would just hit him, <laughs> and they wouldn't phase him. It would the ball the ball would not phase him. And I forget there were two other guys on the team that obviously are, are characters as well: Michael Prendergast and David Conniff. It was like a, oh yeah, the group of us that. Um, but I always remember that uh, Brian. The guys, like you said, they would just. They had no equipment on. They were just wearing gloves and sticks, and they would just stand there and just sacrifice all day. A lot, a lot of good times. A lot of fun. Well, we talk about. Oh, sorry, Mons, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just gonna say I was gonna jump ahead to my high school career, playing under Mark McHale and winning a state championship at Don Bosco and being a leader on that team. Can you kind of walk us through that that year of your uh, high school career? Yeah, you know. I went to, I went to, it's funny, funny story. My mother and Eileen O'Sullivan, yeah, they're the best. Kevin O'Sullivan and I, um, funny story. We, we didn't get into BC High, you know, coming out of St. Anne's. And my mom and Eileen, were, they were ticked off. They were like, this, this, how did you guys not get in? How did you, you know what I mean? You guys don't test well and all this other stuff. So they went to BC High to petition for them to let us in. And Kevin and I didn't want to go. So they, they got us in. And I, it ended in total disaster. I think I had a 0.67 grade point average. I flunked Latin, all these other things. And my, at the end of the year, I said, Mom, obviously, we're not going to be allowed back. So I transferred to Bosco. And um, I think at the time, it was my sophomore year, Mom, uh, Joe McCabe was the head coach. Um, great guy, uh, animated. He was funny, you know, and, and as a young kid at the time who, you know, probably needed a little kicking the rear end here and there he was he was he was pretty hard on me got in trouble my sophomore year wasn't able to come back then played for mark junior in senior year i think or, or senior year and um 
just like the street hockey team, we had a cast of characters on that team. Who John Bracco was from New York, living in a hotel in Braintree, and he was, he was going to Bosco. He was our goalie, wearing an eye tech. We wound up winning the state championship. But if you if I went through that roster right now, and I it, it was just. It was just a great group of guys from Dorchester South, the, I think a couple of guys from Charlestown. Um, and we wound up playing Catholic Memorial. And at the time, my, you know, I think they won a bunch of championships in a row. My brother was a sophomore. My brother didn't want to go to Bosco. He didn't want to go to uh, BC High. So he went to, he went to CM and he happened to be a sophomore uh, the year we, um, the year we beat him at the state championship at the garden we played him three times that year, and, and we beat him the other two times too at UMass Boston. I remember that whole side of UMass Boston was was filled behind the net, and all that other stuff was. It was such a great rivalry, you know. And um, you know, Kevin wound up going to CM. Kevin O'Sullivan did, and my mom and his mom are, are, are best friends to this day. And um, it, it was it, it got ultra competitive with Kevin and, and him and his family, but. Um, Great time at Don Bosco on Treadmont Street. Hey, uh, lots of great memories. And, you know, the, the the school was six stories tall, and you know it was building technology, electronics, graphic arts. You you had your you had your choice of the of the technology field. Um, but Mark was always good to me. At the time, I was probably a little bit immature and still needed some guidance and some help. And he was he was obviously there to kind of elbow me a little bit here and there and i think at the time i wasn't i wasn't ready to you know take those strides but i i appreciated the time and and his you know his tutoring and mentoring um at don bosco it was uh it was great to beat those guys in 19 i think it was 1989 and i think the next four years after that they they wound up winning championships year after year after year yeah, I know. Uh, I'm sure. What was it? The Mr. Cavanaugh was he the old like dean of discipline over at at Bosco? You go around with a notepad, Brian. Yeah, I work with his. Uh, I work with his son, and uh, and so it's so funny because you know there's some Bosco guys, and and they're like, "Wait, your father's Mr. Cavanaugh from Bosco?" Like he just walked around, and you know he's, he's the, the dean of dis. Yeah, he was a really really big guy. His son's a big guy too, Sean, and. Uh, and they said he would just walk around and, and he was the, he was the, the, the brass, I guess, I guess you would call it. Right. No, he was, he was, uh, he was intimidating. You know what I mean? But you, anytime you saw him, he'd, he'd take the pencil out of his ear. He'd go like this with his notepad. He'd flip it open and he'd go Mike Motto, Rob Kincannon, Brian Handel. And he would write down whatever you did wrong. And yeah, <laughs> it was uh, lots of, lots of good memories from, from Don Bosco and the, 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 the eclectic group of kids from Southie, Charlestown, and Dorchester, Rosendale, West Roxbury that you know that that went to school there. Yeah, true city kids. Can you talk about um, you know obviously the the impact of playing other sports? We like to talk about that. I know you had a pretty dynamic uh, duo that you played with, along with you know Stephanie O'Sullivan and and uh, Mark Wahlberg. Wasn't he on your little league team too? Yeah, my Mark. He was. He was the center fielder. We were we played Cedar Grove Little League, and um, I think I was the catcher. He was the center fielder, and um, he, he like like all of us. I think he had a little bit of a you know growing up to do, and um, he was he was pretty funny. He he was you know he was 
he, he was funny. You'd show up to the, 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 the ballpark, Ventura Park, and he's out in the center field. I, I don't know if they still have the wall there. There was a wall, and he'd be down there, you know, standing on the wall. And his brother was on – Donnie was on the Tigers, and it was Cedar Grove Little League, and it was – you know, uh, you know, Stephanie, I, I played in a lot of different things with Stephanie. I think we played some hockey together and, and things like Great that. Great athlete. Yeah. And, and, and they've, and they've been a family that's, you know, that's been really, really supportive of me and my family over the years. And it, it's, not, it's not just Chris, it's, it's Stephanie, it's Tommy, it's Sean, it's Mark, it's the whole group of them they're they're pretty unique family they're a pretty special family and and they're a group of people that obviously um mean a lot to dorchester youth hockey and dorchester sports in general and um you know playing with stephanie and and mark and a couple of the other guys in the team was was pretty funny from nine to 12 years old that's great yeah and so did he have any dance in center field like uh back in the ac and he kind of you know, upside in his in his uh, dance moves, or did he was he taking his shirt off or anything? Really, <laughs> he was he was like all of us. I think he was getting a little bit of trouble. Yeah, uh, you know, and I, I you know, I, at one at one time, I think um, our coach, you know, we went we went away somewhere, and uh, he, he Mark came with us, and he was you know he was. He was getting a little bit of trouble, but he not, not taking his shirt off. Not at the time. At the time, Mott, he didn't know he was going to be Mark Wahlberg or Marky Mark from the Funky Bunch or just right. <laughs> the kid from Dorchester. Um, I love it. Uh, can you just touch on you know Robbie, your college career? Obviously, yeah. um, you know growing up a, a Boston kid. What was it like, you know, in, in going through the recruiting process and, and and things like that? You know, for me. I wanted to play division one hockey. And I think, I think sometimes you guys can probably agree with this. Kids get caught up in that. And I probably was one of those guys, you know, division three was an option, but your buddies are going to play division one. You think you're good enough to play division one at the time. You don't understand the pros and cons with it, you know, and for me, you know, drink, drinking was always drinking was always something that if I got in trouble, it was the common denominator. And whether that was at Bosco um, with with Joe McCabe and Mark and those guys, and then on to um, on the Providence. You know, I um, <clears throat> I had some. I went to prep school for a year in Northfield, Mont Herman. You know, to to grow up and. Um, hopefully get a scholarship. And I, you know, I, I got a scholarship to Providence, <clears throat> you know, and um, it's a small school. <laughs> so my personality and the 3000 students that go to Providence college, they weren't a match. <laughs> they weren't a match. Um, <laughs> I remember my first year, I, you know, I had gotten in trouble and, the coach at the time was, you know, Mike McShane and he was coach McShane was hard nosed. And, um, I think it was the end of my freshman year. They, they said, well, we don't know if we're going to bring you back. And then they brought me back and then I got in trouble again. They suspended me the whole first semester of my sophomore year. And then at the end of my sophomore year, um, they told me they're not going to renew my scholarship anymore. So just like a lot of kids in situations like that do happen. I just, um, I pointed the finger at them. I pointed the finger at Coach McShane. I, I, it was it wasn't anyone else's fault, but 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 theirs. Um, didn't want to leave Providence. Didn't want to quote unquote 
go play division three hockey. So I would stay down there and instead of going to classes, I would just screw around. So I wasted a whole year. And then I, I kind of got to a crossroad and um, <clears throat> Billy O'Neill, who been at Salem state, I want to say 38 years now. Yeah. All in long time. Yeah. And Billy has a knack for finding those, uh, I call them overage, those overage college guys like myself who, who need a second and third chance. And um, I said, why not go there? You know, I, I made a good decision, though. I remember that. I, I didn't live at the school. I, I drove every day from Dorchester. I'd have to drive through Southie. At the time, I'd pick up David Connor. By the time we got up there, we'd miss the first class. <laughs> you know, um, you know, we get practice and um, hockey was going great. I was like, "Wow, this is fun." Um, you know, I'm enjoying myself. I, I, I started to quit drinking. I was like, "You know, wow, this is you know, this is snowballing in, into something in, into something good." Um, playing at the Division Three school, you, you you know you don't have the uh, the luxury of uh, the equipment like you do at a BC or a UNH. You know, so Chris was Chris was at BU at the time, and um, he loved coming home to Dorchester. He loved leaving the dorms and leaving BU, and and I and, and we would we would um, we would make arrangements. So I would go pick him up, and we were both lefties. I'd go, hey, listen, I'll come get you. I need two blades. And he'd be like, what, a practice blade? I'll go, no, I need a game blade. I got three games this weekend. We're playing Fitchburg State. I got I to gotta do good. So we go back and forth on the phone, and then all of a sudden I'd have to get in my car, and I'd go over and pick him up. And then, of course, Crispy and Chris, he's like, oh, yeah, you said two practice blades. And he'd come up with two, like, busted Eastern blades. <laughs> I, I need better blades. I needed skates. And he was like, I got an old pair of skates. And I was like, old? He's like, yeah, but they're new. And they, they were like this. I, there was like that much space in them, but I needed a new pair of skates. So he was always willing to um, trade a, a pizza and a pickup for, for some blades and for some <laughs> skates and things like that. But, um, you know, my, you know, you have four, you have five years. I was at five years to play four. And I burned that year at Providence. Um, my senior year or second year, I like to call it at Salem State, we had a dynamite team. We went to the Nationals. I think we lost in the final four. Um, <clears throat> wound up, you know, getting All-American that year. Um, coincidentally enough, Chris had All-American at BU. Um, so it was kind of ironic and funny. But, um, you know, looking back on my, my college career and just in general, I think there's a lot of different things that – I would probably do would have done differently, um, but I think going to Salem State and going to play Division Three hockey, I think um, made the game fun again for me, and it and it and it helped me um, grow in life, and, and and then grow in the game of hockey. When you know the the following year, I was able to you know turn pro for the first time. He had a couple of good guys on that team, like you said, Mike Kelleher being one, you know, stay at home D man, what a character and great teammate. Um, you know, you had great success uh, on the stat sheet, you know, so can you just talk to us a little bit more about kind of falling back in love with the game, kind of finding yourself and, you know, that internal, you know, burning desire to be the best you could be. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, Mots. It it really, it it was probably in between the summer of Salem State and when I first came to Charleston. I think in in 1995, I um, <clears throat> I was fortunate enough to. Mr. Vincent was always good to me over the years. He was our power skater at Salem State. Um, Barry Peterson was our volunteer assistant coach. <clears throat> Those guys really tried to help me with my game. Um, Paul was um, kind enough to um, pull some strings and get me into camp with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, 24 years old, no agent, no understanding of the pro hockey game. <laughs> I went to camp with them. I remember Garth Butcher was trying to kill me. To this day, one of one of my good buddies that I played with years later, he always says, I'll never forget the look that Garth Butcher had on his face when you checked him from behind. He goes, he goes, you didn't even know, but he was chasing you up ice. He was ready to kill you. Um, but I got sent home. I, I went to camp with the Leafs, and then they sent me to Newfoundland. And um, you guys ever been to Newfoundland? Yeah, the rock. Yeah. So they sent me home and they go, hey, we're just going to send you home and um, we want you to go to Charleston, South Carolina to play hockey and see how it goes. And I said, I'm typical know-it-all from Dorchester. I said, I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> and um, when I got home, um, the Davis brothers um, called me and they said, I remember, I, I can't remember if it was Mark or Mikey, but they said, Connie, because he used to call me Connie, they said, Connie, if you go to Charleston, you're never going to move home. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, it's unbelievable. The weather's great. The, the, the girls, they're beautiful. The, the, you know, the temperature, it's just a great city. I was like, all right. So I'll... Rick Vive was the coach at the time. <clears throat> and um, he's a character himself. He called me. He was like, hey, I want you to come play down here. And I was like, I'll give it a shot. And um, that was October of 19... 95 and um played 36 games here <clears throat> and then um got called back up and um some little similar to you know being at providence and playing fourth line and not playing a whole lot of minutes i was a 10th forward i was getting bag skated i was on the rock hour and a half time difference so i was like what am i doing like is this is this is not for me so i i asked a general manager I say, can you send me back to Charleston? He's like, why? I spent like 25 games. I mean, why? I said, and I told him all the reasons. And um, ever since then, you know, Charleston has has been come home for me. You know, um, I love Boston. I love Dorchester. But um, it's hard to think I've been here longer than I other than I've lived in, than I lived in in, in Boston. And um, <clears throat> it just has helped me, Mots, like you said, uh, get, get rejuvenated. Like, I mean, not a whole lot of people know about the ECHL which I understand and I get, but um, we're going on our 30th season here in Charleston. A lot of remarkable <clears throat> people, players, coaches, equipment managers have gone through the door down here onto the NHL, AHL, and it's really a, it's really a special place. It, it gets a little too hot in the summertime for me, um, but I, I just can't say enough of what the Stingrays organization and being able to play hockey for those five years that I did um, helped me grow as a person um, and, and, and grow as a, um, you know, and grow as a hockey player. It's, um, it's truly a, <clears throat> a unique place. I, I, I mean, I, I can go down the list of met my wife here, 
uh, you know, had my the best years of my life here. Uh, just just a lot of a lot of good things, you know. Oh, that's great. I I wanted to touch on a couple of people. You obviously, um, you know, Maki Davis uh, was, you know, and and Michael. You know, I was fortunate enough to be coached by those guys, but I know Mark meant a lot to you. So, yeah. I uh, I know you touched on him quickly, but can you just talk about Mark Davis quickly? Yeah, I got to play with him my first year, and um, they're both funny guys. But Mark, I don't know. I I spent some time with him down here, and. He always liked to work on his golf swing and his, you know, he hit the ball, he's a righty and go like this way and loop all the way that. I remember he had a crazy friend of ours just sit there in the backyard and, and film him doing it. And, um, you know, just a lot of, just a, a lot of, I mean, we, we grew up playing together as kids. Um, you know, there was a group of police officers, the, the Quincy Powell team and, and our, <laughs> And believe it or not, I'm not lying. Our our team picture still in the Cathay Pacific. Like my mother was there last month. She took a picture and sent it to me. But it's all police <laughs> officers, kids who are on this team. The Davis brothers, the uh, Layman, uh, Parlin, uh, all this good group, this great group of people. But, you know, Mark and <clears throat> I played more with Mark than I did with Mike. Um, and he was he was probably the main person pushing me to to stay here and to be here he'd come visit when he wasn't playing here anymore um just one of the just you know we all we all meet good guys in hockey right and and in life and he's he's he was one of the best and he is one of the best and i i always think back to to where i'm at now and i know that he's he's kind of um influenced that along the way and uh, I'm, i'm really appreciative to to him and the you know, him, him and the Davis family. All right, let's take a quick break from our interview with Robbie Kuncan and um, let you know that this interview is also brought to you by Franklin Street Hockey, the official ball and street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Ready for a slap shot summer with plenty of off-ice workouts? Check out franklinsports.com for all your training needs. And now back to the interview. I heard you, you brought up the name Rick Vive, and I think this this can be t- uh, told on the show, but I heard a story about you possibly eating something out of his fish tank or something. <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> <laughs> Mikey Roberts. Mikey Roberts did. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I ate a dead goldfish, and it, I don't know. I had some issues with it, and all of a sudden I got sick, and he <laughs> – he lost his marbles with me. And um, you know what's interesting? I, I think we've all had people in our corner. And Ricky was always one of those guys in my corner. He 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 had quit drinking too at the time. So when we were on the bus and all that other stuff, he was he would put a big chew in from Kodiak and, and he would just sit there and he'd tell Leaf stories and how he got 52 goals one year and, and all this other stuff. And he, uh, you know, to this day, he's, you know, I talked to him once in a while and he's, um, he's a pretty funny guy. He's a pretty unique guy. He was a great guy to play for passionate. Uh, he played for John Brophy back in the day. So then whatever we play John Brophy, it would, it would be a, it would be a gong show. Like the ECHL in the nineties, it was just like, Oh my God. Like there was, you know, eight fights. The game would take three and a half hours to go on. And I'm just, I'm praying on the bench. Like, don't come near me. Just, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to go out. But Ricky, 
Yeah, I, 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 I like Billy O'Neill. I think and Mark McHale. I, I think I've, I, I've driven Ricky a little bit crazy over the years, and, and, and he's, he's stuck by me as well. Great guy. That's great stuff. Now, as uh, you wrapped up your career in 2003, can you talk to us about the transition? Uh, how you kind of got kind of into the management side of things? Um, yeah. you, you know, how that how that kind of play you out? You had some different jobs in between, right? The oh, bar owner, firefighter. I, so, you know, with, with Babo being my buddy, I, I kind of felt at the time that I um, I wanted to explore, you know, the, the, the field of firefighting, you know what I mean, and, and things like that. And um, I quickly learned that for me, in me and my personality, it, it wasn't a match, you know, like there was a, there was a lot of downtime. And I can't sit still. And um, so I quickly realized that that was not the field for me. Um, I did real estate. Real estate was great at the time. I think that it was, you know, it was probably like a couple of years ago when anyone, anyone could sell real estate, you know. Um, and I was always intrigued by the bar business, you know, for someone who who didn't drink or had to quit drinking. Um, you know, I, uh, I'd i work the bars in the summertime. I'd work the door. I'd you know, be a bar back and, and Charleston's a food and beverage city. So you're making pretty good money. Like you're in there all night because at the time the bars were open at five o'clock in the morning and just, it was, you're getting home at seven and it just, you know, the nights just got longer and longer, but I always was, I always was intrigued by the bar industry. Um, so I wound up, um, there was a nightclub down here that I, um, my wife was just like, you know, you work at it, you bartender, you bar back. Why don't you tell the guy you want to buy it? So sure enough, I asked, I said, the guy, I said, do you want to do this anymore? He's like, no, not really. I was like, yeah, how about if I give you this? He's like, yeah, no problem. So it worked out great. And um, so I owned the bar with, with, a, with a part with a guy for, I don't know, six, seven years. And then um, <clears throat> and then my buddy at the time was the president of the Stingrays. His name is Darren Abbott. He's the, um, he's the president of the Ontario Reign and, you know, he's, he works for the Kings nowadays. And this was like 13, 13 or 12 years ago. And he, uh, he had said to me, I'm moving on to Manchester. Cause at the time the Kings affiliate was in Manchester. And he said, I, I think you'd be a great person to replace me. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I, I told Anita, Anita's the owner. It was the owner of the team at the time that I think um, Robbie would be good for it. So she connect, he connected, he connected us. And um, I was like, Hey, why not? You know what I mean? I, I love the Stingrays. I love Charleston. Like what, how, how, how hard and how difficult can it be? I didn't know anything about ticket sales. I didn't know anything about corporate partnerships. I didn't know anything about flex packs, 24 games, 36, any, none of that stuff. Like I was the, the typical, Hey, did we win last night? No, we, we lost. That's going to be mad or happy. You know what I mean? I, the business element of the, of the team was the furthest thing from my mind but then as the years went on and as i grew um it became important and and, and obviously i'm I, it's, it's no lie my owner and i talk about it all the time i love the hockey side of it i like the business side of it i've always loved the um <clears throat> the hockey side of it and as a former player and somebody who can kind of i think relate to the relate to the players and the coaches and understand when to push and when to pull and when to stay out of things and when to kind of, um, you know, intervene. I, I think it's, um, 
<clears throat> it's 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 helped me um, in my role and in, in in what we're doing here as 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 an organization. You know. No, that's great stuff. And obviously, um, you know, it just you were part of a championship as a player in 97. I didn't want to overlook that. But and, and also as a, you know, a Hall of Fame inductee in 2004 to the South, uh, South Carolina Stingray. So pretty cool, you know, accomplishments and, and just talk about those things for us. You know, I, 1996, 97, it was it, the ECHL. Oh, I think we were in our fourth year in the league. We played Louisiana Ice Gators. They they had thirteen thousand fans at the game. Like they were just maniacs, you know. So in all these southern cities where where hockey became new, you know, you know, in Atlanta it was the same way at the beginning. It, 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 it was, there was these honeymoon stages. It was um, it was an unbelievable accomplishment. Won a state championship in high school. Was able to you know win a championship playing here in ninety six ninety seven. And it's just something that, you know, you guys have won before. It's something that nobody can ever, ever take away from you, ever take away from you. And um, and, it, and it wasn't because we got more goals than the other team. It wasn't, it was a lot of little things that I think <clears throat> in my role nowadays helps when we're looking at players or structuring the organization or, um, guys that we want to be be a part of that culture, you know the um, the Stingrays organization. I think I think we've been to the finals, I think six times. I think that's a that's a record for the league. Uh, you know we've won three times. Um, you know, and and that's and that's a testament I think to the people who have come through here over the over the 30, 29 years of the organization and. Um, you know, like we've been talking about a little bit here tonight. I, I don't think winning ever, ever gets old. I think you guys were talking about that with Ryan a couple of weeks ago as well. Like it's, it's what we aim for. It's what we strive for here. And if we don't, we don't do that. We feel like we've, we failed. So, um, you know, last year was, you know, probably one of the most challenging years we've had. We didn't make the playoffs for the first time in a, in a very long time. You know, we were in the finals the year before that, but, um, you know, with the new season right around the corner, it's obviously good to have a fresh start and, you know, looking forward to hopefully getting another championship. Now, as far as um, guys that you played with and, you know, talking, you know, BYN and I were talking about promoting from within and kind of yeah. having an eye for, you know, talent, whether it be, you know, a, a player yeah. you, that you played with and kind of move along into the uh, the coaching ranks. Um, can you talk about, talk about some of the players that you played with you know, in particular, Jared Bednar and, you know, kind of seeing him progress as a, as a coach and, and kind of how his path and, and Ryan Wasowski, the same thing. We had a great conversation with him and he's, we're super proud of him, you know, like as far as, you know, being friends and yeah. deserving the opportunity. Can you talk about it from your side? You know, it's, believe it or not, Ricky Vi was like, our, he was our first coach in Stingray's history. Then we had a couple other guys in between him. Um, <clears throat> there's a guy that you guys don't even you don't even know his name is Jason Fitzsimmons. Jason's been the um, uh, director of uh, player personnel, minor league affiliation for the, the Washington Capitals for the last 18, 19 years, I think. He is he he was a former head coach, assistant coach with the organization as well. He's in the he's in our Hall of Fame too. He's he's um, he's somebody who's 
probably, you know, set the tone for in the path for the coaches. He was the one who hired, uh, hired Jared as an assistant coach. You know, I played with both of these guys for four or five years. Um, and you know what? With Ryan, with Spencer Carberry, Kale McLean, Jared Bednar, even Steve Bergen, who went back to college this year um, at Sacred Heart, um, they're just ultra competitive. They're you, you, you don't have to really tell them or you know make them do anything. They, they just have that inner drive from within to be the best and be. Um, and try to win. You know, Jared was always like that. You know, he won with us in 96, 97 as a player. Then 2000, I think 2001 as a, as a, as a player again, eight, nine as a coach. Um, I think 16, 17 Lake Erie in this past year, you know, um, you know, I know when he first started off six years ago, people were doubting him and, uh, you know, saying that he's not going to get the job done and all this other stuff. He's, um, He's one of the best guys in the world. He's one of the nicest guys in the world. And I feel like Jason and him have kind of been mentors to Ryan and to Spencer and to Kale. <clears throat> um, and all of those guys, you know, got an opportunity and they all ran with it. You know, like I didn't, you know, Ryan and I, 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 I think of Ryan as, as a little brother. Um, we're, we're very close to this day. As we both know, his family is, probably one of the nicest groups of people that you'll ever meet most generous people that you'll ever meet. And, um, they're, you know, Ryan always talks about not forgetting where you came from and not forgetting certain things. And, um, I, I'm just like you said, Mots, I'm, I'm super proud of, from, of him. And when he left here a couple of years ago to go to Charlotte, it was, it crushed me like a, like a, you know, it's kind of like a parent with a kid leaving home. I just, I, I just was really upset and really sad that I wasn't going to be able to work with him every day, that I wasn't going to be able to see him every day. I mean, we we worked, but we also had fun. We'd go golf and we'd cut up in the office. I would get in his ear about, you know, losing or he'd, 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 bite, he'd bite back about something else, you know what I mean? And, and it was just a, it was just a really, it was just a really healthy competitive vibe. And I think he, I think Ryan t learned a lot from Spencer Carberry, who's, the assistant coach with the Leafs and you know like he you know Spencer was always the first one at the rink and the last one to leave so Ryan knew what the tone was you know and if he didn't you know come in a little bit after that then he was you know he was he's probably not doing the right thing and and they're just um they're just great guys too they're salt of the earth guys they're just um couldn't be happier for all of them and and they've all and they all deserve it and and I I know that they're going to um, do very, very well in, you know, in, in the years to come. No, that's great stuff. And it's a testament for you because, I mean, you know, Ryan Wasowski was telling us the story about how he, you know, shot you an email and five minutes later the, you know, the phone rings and it's you and offering him a job. You know what I mean? He's like washing the uh, the stalls at Curry, washing the moldy yeah. stalls. And next thing you know, he's boarding a plane down to South Carolina. So, you know, you yeah. definitely, you know, you, you got to give yourself some credit too for, you know, being a guy that's that's out there and looking and and you know trying to find those hungry hockey guys, which is what it takes to to win. Yeah, and he 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 has earned everything that he has right now, and um, 
funny story about that. So I still have the email sent. I actually sent him his contract, his first contract the other day. It was, uh, it was for, um, it was for, it was, it was for south of $20,000. That's the sacrifice. That's the sacrifice all of these guys have made. If you, if, if I went through all of those guys that Jared, Jason, Kale, Spencer, Ryan, some of those guys, they were working for a hundred dollars a game. They were working for the opportunity to get their foot in the door. I mean, we all know like Ryan played division three hockey. Spencer Carver played division three hockey. Jared Bednar never played a game in the NHL. So when people look at these guys, they're, they probably, you know, they're a little nervous. They're a little gun shy. They're a little like, eh, what do they know? How are the players going to respond to them? They're going to see this. They're going to see that. These guys, they're the best at what they do. And um, I look forward to watching watching Ryan um, in the upcoming years with uh, with San Jose and where it may, may take him. It must have been pretty cool to have. I, I, I you know, saw some pitches and, uh, you know, Jared Bednar, you know, Coach Bednar, bring the cup down to uh, to Charleston. Yeah, this is home for him, Brian. Um, and there's there's a, there's a there's a there's a good group of us, about four of us, who played together, who kind of remain tight. I, um, you know, my son and I, you know, went out to games one and two. It was awesome, and um, this is home. So when he wanted to bring the he wanted to bring the cup here, we kind of we're kind of brainstorming about, you know, cause he's, he's, he's really a nice guy. He's, you know, we were like, where should we, where, where do you want to bring it? So he brought it, he brought it to the youth hockey kids for like three hours, you know, because again, most of the kids don't know what the Stanley cup is. We had a, sh- a small party at his house, a little get together. We had it on the boat and um, great time. And then by the time the, the party for the 150 people came around, I was ready to call the timeout and, and go home because you got these guys they're trying to lift it over their head they don't know the rules they don't they, they don't understand any of that stuff um you know and i'm sure you guys have seen jared on interviews and you know on tv and stuff like that and he he's just just a regular guy like us and um yeah and he, i think he's i think he's in i think he's in town this week and he's heading back you know i think he had it in uh humboldt I see, a, yeah i saw a couple yeah. of pitches that, that looked amazing He's a tournament director for that, so he's um, you know, he's had a busy summer, but I, he he loves he loves coming here and he loves he loves his downtime in Charleston. Did he touch the cup? No, I didn't touch it, Mots. You know, and I don't know if it's thinking I'm I still have a chance to win it or <laughs> respecting yeah. it or whatever. Hey, I, he's still I, got a chance. He's yeah. still got a chance, right? No, no. But I just I just didn't you know like we've all played the game right, and I just. I don't think the three of us would either any of us would touch it. Like it, a lot of these people who touch it, no disrespect for them. I don't, I just don't think they totally, uh, they totally it's understand like a, like understanding the history of it. Right. No. It, and like the, you know, the, the best part about it is, is, is the guys who um, keep the cup. So they're with us the whole day. And um, Jason Fitzsimmons, when he won it with Washington, he had it in town for Charleston in Charleston too. So it was the second time in like four years we've had it. And um, those guys were unbelievable. They, I, I said to the guy in the boat, I said, "Do you ever get sick of dealing with this stuff, of of of, of listening to the the drunk talk and the stupid <laughs> stories and all that other stuff?" And they said, "No." They said, "No, we we love it. You know, we we love the." Uh, 
we love the atmosphere. We love be, we get tired. He goes, we get tired going in and out of hotels. We get tired, um, <clears throat> you know, carrying it around and going because we had, I think, I think Jared brought it here on Tuesday. And when they flew, when they were flying here, you know, the airlines were all a mess. So they flew to Charlotte and then they drove three hours to Charleston. They didn't want to risk the day being ruined. And then the next day they were going out to, um, I think they were going to Europe with it in their schedule that they were telling us. I, I couldn't believe how, um, how crazy it was, but um, I just, you know, I, I got my, we, we got a, we got a video of my son drinking out of it, but he's, I mean, he's 11, but I don't, I don't think I would ever cross that line and, 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 and do that, you know? Can you touch on the, you know, now transitioning into, you know, hockey dad, hockey coach, knowing what you know and and you know Mots and I uh obviously you know we're here in the Boston area and it it's you know it's a bit of madness and I know you've listened to the show before uh but can you just talk about like you know your take on youth hockey now um you know I, obviously I know your nephew plays and your son and now you're involved in coaching your own boy so just talk about that a little bit you know I I try to I try to keep it in perspective it's tough sometimes you know what I mean like we had practice tonight and, you know, some of the kids, they're not, they're not understanding the drill and it's not that hard to understand the drill. So I, I, <laughs> I, I try to, I think a younger Robbie would have been a little bit different in handling the situation. Um, I just think it's challenging because, uh, you know, everyone thinks their kids going to the NHL. We know how hard that is to get to the NHL. We, you know, and I, I just think sometimes the expectations that go along with it, it's funny. I, I, I like self-awareness. Like I go to my daughter's soccer game and I just sit there. Like I don't even care. She could kick the soccer ball and I don't even bother me. Like she can't even touch the soccer ball. I'm just like, but then when you go to, you know, your son, your son's youth hockey game, you just, you're, you're, you want to help. You want to, you know, you, you, you want to coach and you just like, it's just, you know, we went to hockey camp a couple of weeks ago and, um, and I went, you know what I mean, because it was his first time away and and all that other stuff. And I just observed, but it was it was refreshing to kind of be out of the atmosphere here, you know what I mean, and then be there with someone I don't know anybody. And the kids were really good, and I wanted him to see, you know. And he still he still doesn't understand, you know, the, the, what practice is. He looks at it as punishment. I'm like, no, you gotta you want to get better. You gotta shoot pucks. You wanna, you know you want to be able to beat defensemen. You got to, you know, work on your feet, you know? And, um, you know, I feel like I'm the only guy who played here, whose son plays youth hockey. All those guys we just talked about, none of their kids play hockey. They don't, they never played here because I think it's so, um, it's so challenging. You know what I mean? Um, but I love it. My wife's from California. She could care less about it. Um, and you know, she's just, she just wants him to have fun as, as do I, you know what I mean? I think I, you know, I, I listen to you guys sometimes and you know, it's good to put those friendly reminders about, um, you know, about how to, how to act and how not to act and what the expectation should be as opposed to what, what, what people can kind of get, uh, get fired up about, you know what I mean? And, you know, I'm trying to get him to play other sports. He doesn't want to play other sports, but we all know how that helps. I'm trying to get him to understand that playing baseball and basketball 
is good for your hand-eye coordination. We got a basketball net out here. He just, you know, he doesn't necessarily get it, but I just think it's probably best to kind of just take a step back and let it take its course. And if it goes somewhere, then awesome. If it doesn't, that doesn't mean that it's not the worst thing in the world, right? Absolutely. Yeah, get him out in the backyard playing stickball. <laughs> I'm trying half rubber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, much you got anything else if not i think uh you know obviously i think you know shout out to you to you too uh robbie obviously you've been sober for a very mm-hmm. long time now i think what 28 years or so uh which yeah. you know is, is a great accomplishment and, and you. you know you talked on you know some of the things that that you know when you were younger you would do when alcohol was involved and i think that's you know this is a it's a good message for um, you know, a lot of our listeners, especially young hockey players and, yeah. you know, alcohol with, with, you know, we've all had those days and, you know, made bad decisions and things like that for, but for a guy like you, you know, yourself to be still be involved. And like you said, you owned a bar and everything, even yeah. being a sober guy, right? Yeah. I mean, I, if I look back now and every, you know, everything that I've done or gone through, like if I, if I was still drinking, I'd probably be in Walpole or dead, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, one of the biggest things that I'm actually really excited about and proud about was I, I never graduated from Salem because you had the four years to play five and your credits don't transfer. The, your D's from Providence don't transfer to Salem. So three years ago, I, I went back to school and um, I've been taking online classes for the last, three years, I've probably taken 21 classes. Um, and, and being older, I think it's, it's, it's easier, but it takes more time up. Like, you know, you're married, you have two kids, you're running a, you know, an organization. You have a job. Yeah. You have a job. And, um, I just, I just got finished taking a four week math class that I'm not going to use one of the, the math things, but I literally was doing it six to eight hours a day and I could not get it. My wife's just like, just get a D, just get a D, just get a D. And I wound up getting a C in it, but I only have one more class. Um, and it's geology and I, and I have to take it like August through December. And, um, I'm just, um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really pumped up about finishing, finishing school. I, I, who knows if I'll even use it. Like people are like, what do you need? What do you need college for? What do you want to graduate college for? And I just feel like it's a good message for my kids. I feel like it's a good message for, like you said, Brian, other kids out there who struggle with D1, D3, going back to school, staying in school, going to play juniors, going to play pro, going to school, not going to school. You know what I mean? I just, um, I, uh, I I can't wait to finish geology and the kids want me to go to graduation. They're like, yeah, do we want you to, you know, walk a graduation and stuff like that? And, um, they'll be calling you Billy Madison. (laughs) The ring shrinks will have to throw you a graduation party. Yeah. And the drinking, I think it's, like I said, it's not for everyone and being in Dorchester and with the, with the group of people that we, we, we hung out with and stuff like that. It's probably better off for everyone that I, that I'm not drinking. Well, congrats, my man, and we really appreciate your time taking and taking the time out of the family and uh, coming on and sharing your story and and telling some good stories. And I wish you. I wish I could say Mozart, I would you know help you with some geology homework, but that sure as hell isn't. Uh, we, we won't be your tutors if you need them. Oh, 
I got, a, I got a 38 of my final and it got scaled to a 62. I told the teacher, I, I say, that's the best scale I've ever seen in my life. I, <laughs> I just handed the scrap paper, but the answer was wrong. But it was just, I don't know. I just, <laughs> thanks for having me on, guys, though. I really, I, I really appreciate it. And um, I tune in and, and I, I hear the, the, the discussions you have with the youth hockey parents and things like that and some of the other great guests you've had. And I enjoyed, you know, listening to Ryan last week and, and, and things like that. And I look forward to seeing you this weekend, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to get down to Charleston. And, uh, you know, I think the weather, it, I, I checked it out. It doesn't look like it's going to be too hot down there. We've been, I mean, Boston's been just as bad as anywhere. So we're, we're Hey, we're going to be away. No disrespect to my kids or anything, but uh, it'd be nice to get a sneak away from them for a couple of days. Sounds good. If you need anything, you let me know. Absolutely. Thanks again. All right, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Robbie. Take care. Well, that was a great interview with our boy, Robbie Kincannon. Uh, great, great character, great Boston guy. And he's really, really done a great job down there in uh, South Carolina. And uh, you're going to be seeing him soon. Uh, so you can catch up in person, which is great. But um, he had a lot of good stuff to say, um, you know, just some deep stuff, you know, personal, which is great too. Um, but, you know, just kind of like those little tidbits that you can pull from someone who's seen the game from a bunch of different uh, angles. Yeah, I mean, talk about a guy that that's, you know, he's been around a long time and he's, you know, being the president of the organization with South Carolina there, you know, that that's a desired place to go play in the East Coast League and as well as coach and, you know, get involved in management. He talked about, um, you know, the different the culture that they've created down in South Carolina and, um, you know, and, and, you know, the success that guys that have have gone on to have after leaving there and and, you know i think a big part of it is you know because of robbie kind of up top pushing the buttons and things like that and just a great guy uh cuckoo can cannon just a a, you know a character um but he's you know it was uh it was it was great to chat with him and you know he's a he's a good friend to you know a lot of our uh, buddies and you've known him for for you know quite a long time so i'm looking forward to catching up with him down in uh down in charleston i'm looking forward to the trip that's great. Um, we have a my hockey rankings question of the week. Oh it's yeah, two, let's yeah, go. It's a two-parter. Um, is it better to tape your stick heel to toe or toe to heel? Okay, you want me to answer that? Yeah, and then I'll All go right. to the second part. Uh, I've always been a uh, a heel to toe guy. And why? I just think that that's the way that you know the. The, the puck kind of rolls off the stick and it's passing and shooting and things like that, or, or not rolls, but kind of slides up the stick. Um, and I mean, I've seen guys do it different ways and I've seen guys that can absolutely rip pucks and, you know, a, a great, you know, I, I do still think it's personal preference preference, but, you know, I've always been kind of, um, you know, a three quarters of a, you know, down the blade, not, I don't do the full tape job all the way down. Uh, but kind of a three quarters of the blade and uh, start at the heel and go, you know, all the way up to the toe. So you're a righty. Do you tape it with your left hand? Is the roll in your left hand or is it in your right hand? No, it's my right hand. I can't do anything with my left hand. Okay. Besides like pick my beak. (laughs) Part two of my hockey rankings question is what is that big club that you see NHL players rubbing on the shaft of their stick oh god what's the name of it 
There's a name for it. God, I should know this. A beta? A beta. Yeah, right? Is that what it but was? But it's just, yeah, I, I guess I was going to say it's just tape, you know, wrapped yeah, around I, backwards. No, I, I was going to say, what you know, but that's what we called it, right? A beta? Yeah. Yeah, so it's and what a, And what is it used for? So a beta is, um, so it's basically, you, you see it, and especially, you know, after talking about it, you'll notice it more. But it's basically like an old, you know, a broken stick or whatever kind of a knob and it's uh, a bunch of tape that's inside out and what guys use it for is to grip the uh the shaft of the stick so you see it if you know it's in a guy let's say uh has a silver stick uh because of the the, the fragments of the tape or whatever you can actually see it on it and uh, it just adds a little you know hand grip wherever you might like to you know hold the um you know where you shoot or something like that but that's kind of uh where, you know, I always use the beta. Did you? Yeah, uh, just a little bit, you know, so it gives it a little bit more tackiness, you know, so the yeah. the, the glove can, like, grab it a little bit more um, on the shaft of the stick. But two good questions there, two powder. Yeah, I know. Really good. Were you well, – well, let's flip the scripts then, you know, for my hockey rankings. Are you a heel-to-toe guy or a toe-to-heel? I was always toe-to-heel until – Zach Parisi was like, "Hey, what do you, I mean? It, exactly your um, explanation. It comes off and it grips when it goes heel to toe. It grips the the uh, the puck going mm-hmm. that way versus just sliding off. It's just a small thing. It's personal preference, but I I do believe in that, especially for younger kids who are learning how to do a wrist shot and um, you know passing the puck and it grabs it puts a little more spin on it um, and." Um, yeah, as far as a beater, I would use it uh, sparingly, but because sometimes the sticks, I would have sticks that had the tackiness on it, the grip on them. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. When I was in, uh, like, young, before I knew what a beater was, I, I was always kind of a, a candy cane guy too. Mm, I, don't I know. always, yeah, yeah I, I always did. It's um, kind of icky. Sorry. I know, but it was pretty good, as the kids would say. Like it was pretty good sty back then. It was pretty good sty. I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I spray painted the so I, I had the silver synergies in college, um, black spray paint on the the blade, and then white I, tape. No, yeah, black tape. Black tape, and then I would do. Um, then I would do the a black, like candy cane. But I didn't do like you know how Phil Kessel does like a crazy amount of yeah tape. like it was kind of spread out but it 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 got to the point for a while like you know you know how you just get so comfortable with something if i if i practiced or played like without it it felt really really weird yeah that that really was like the first you know beater yeah. really you know you just didn't really know about it yet exactly so you just need exactly. that little extra grip um yeah that's uh that's pretty impressive though that you're a candy cane guy did you ever wear a turtleneck no, no, <laughs> never a turtleneck. Yeah, because I mean, if he's saying that was style too, I'd be like, uh oh, we got a problem here. <laughs> no, I just had the dick. Dick Humilly used to wear the mock turtleneck under the suit. That was uh, <laughs> the UNH look. But I, uh, I never, I never wore. I never, no, not a turtleneck guy. I mean, I probably did when I was like a kid. Yeah, no, but like, not. You definitely have some pictures in your house of I'm wearing sure. turtle, like yeah. We all did. 
I mean, it was pretty like remember a champion turtleneck back in the day. Yeah, we, I was talking about that the other day. A ch uh, champion sweatshirt with a turtleneck. Uh, mate, no, yeah, you, I'm sure you had the gold chain on the outside. <laughs> no, I couldn't afford it <laughs> with the gazelles. The uh, the what's his name? The uh, the Mr. White there, the the the, the fake chain special. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, white from uh, the Randolph rank. Oh, yeah, so that's good stuff. But uh, the great question, um, you know, I appreciate you sending that in, and that's uh. To, to um like kind of like little things that you know you can apply right to your game right so heel to toe and a little uh you can make your own beater like a broken stick and just uh wrap it uh backwards around and get a little tackiness on your uh, shaft so good one stuff. thing that I, that I will say is important though especially the more and more the games evolved and stick handling and puck handling right as you're you want your bottom hand to be pretty loose on the stick, right? I thought it was, you know, that's like, you know, you don't want it too grippy, right? So, like, if you're a young kid right now, like, you don't want your hand to be stuck on the stick. Like, that bottom hand should be able to slide up and down your stick to get, you know, separation and, you know, get uh, kind of out of your comfort zone and things like that so you're not just handling the puck right in front of your body so you know, want to make sure that you don't overkill it with the uh the, the pine top basically on the yeah, stick right there you go yeah no, that's a good point that's a really good point um but yeah good stuff obviously you know thanks to robbie Concannon for jumping on uh it was uh it was a blast talking to him i'm looking forward to catching up with him down in uh charleston south carolina this weekend um we're gonna have a full you know recap on the the street hockey tournament next week with lining up some different guests and hockey fest guys like we said the referees and things like that so we're uh we're looking you know we're, we're gonna have some pretty good content in our mailbag episode next week so stand by for that uh you know a lot of thank yous that we owe that we'll continue to get to uh on social media as well as uh in next week's episode but you know we, we, i just wanted to thank everybody again for you know coming down at Kingston this weekend, we had, you know, guys uh, this past weekend, obviously having, you know, Brian Boyle, Connor Guyland, um, you know, Keith Yandel showing up, some NHL guys. Um, Andrew Raycroft was also there in the house. You know, guys were kind enough to take time out of their, you know, 100-degree Saturday and hang out with us in the, the Kingston Collection mall parking lot. So shout-out to all those guys as well as, you know, all the sponsors that that came down and, you know, hung out with us and it was, it was, it really was, it was a blast of a day. And, you know, you had sweated through seven t-shirts before I had even got there. Yeah. I went through a few, but it was worth it. Uh, you know, getting a, an event like that together, you know, uh, the girls did a great job at organizing stuff, getting things in line, but we'll break it all down next week and I uh, can't wait to do so. Yeah. I mean, special shout out before we go, obviously, to, you know, your wife, Courtney, my wife, Joanna, um, you know, Mara Flanagan behind the scenes, hooking us up and and, and really doing a ton of work uh, for the street hockey festival to even take place. And uh, obviously our boy, Jersey Shaw, he was down there helping us out as well. And uh, so shout out to those guys. And like we said, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more and more about all the sponsors and everybody else that, that came down. So I think that, uh, that pretty much wraps it up, Mots, unless you got anything else. I'll All be good, checking brother. in from, uh, from Charleston. I'm going to get a, you know, a, a B wise moment down there. Perfect. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. No, I'm, gonna have strict, a... I'm a strict, so no social media when I'm away on vacation. <laughs> I'm going to be asking for updates. Yeah. Yeah. 
check local hospitals for updates. Make sure I haven't <laughs> checked in. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's a wrap. Like I said, make sure you guys, um, you know, share the podcast, subscribe, rate, review, uh, you know, pass it along to a couple buddies. We, we appreciate all the downloads and the feedback and uh, make sure you send in some mailbag episode questions. Actually, we got, we, we may have a ten- potential rival for Harry from high park, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll see. I mean, that's, that's the rumor on the street. That's the rumor on the street. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but time to uh, cue the uh, ring shuffle, Jersey. Oh,